Welcome to Prism Bible, where we learn the Bible so we can live the story. God has a part for each of us to play, and to understand our purpose, we need to grasp the big, beautiful story that's unfolding in history. Join us today as we dive into the story of old Abraham, who goes to a new land because of God's call. A story that shows us amazing obedience and the great blessing that comes from it. You're listening to Prism Bible. In step one, the beginning, we talked about the initial seed of a promise that God made. This promise was that an offspring of the first woman, Eve, would deal the deadly blow to the evil serpent. And yet that serpent would deal a blow back. This was in Genesis chapter 3, and it's a promise that causes us to begin a search in the Bible story. We want to find this descendant of Eve who will finally defeat God's adversary. God isn't done making promises, though, and we soon discover that his plan is bigger than defeating evil. It's a plan that also includes the blessing and renewal of humanity itself. Somehow, God is going to take what was lost in the Garden of Eden and restore it once again. Today we're looking at more promises of God, promises of descendants to an old man and his old wife. After Adam and Eve are forced out of the Garden of Eden, and several generations begin to spread out upon the earth, we find that the great promise of Genesis 3 involving the offspring of the woman has not yet come to pass. Instead, we see humanity spiral into more sin against God, a chain reaction caused by the corruption now inherent in every person. We see murder, conflict, and pride as humanity discovers the struggle of life outside of the blessing of the garden. As the Bible story continues to unfold, humanity eventually becomes so bad and corrupt that God essentially resets humanity, reducing the population to only eight people after a great flood upon the earth. But it's generations after this great reset that we meet one of the most important people in the whole story, Abraham, the recipient of some of the greatest promises in the whole Bible. Abraham is a distant descendant of Adam and Eve, a man who lived in an ancient city called Ur. It was a wealthy city that worshipped false gods, surely one of many such cities near the ancient Mecca of Babylon. The world had largely turned its back on God, even after that great flood, and places like Ur were the rule of the day. Now it was from this city, a city far from truth, that the one true God chose Abraham. After living for decades in the city, Abraham is called by God to a new life out of everything that he had known and away from his false gods. God says critically important words to launch the rest of the Bible story. This is from Genesis chapter 12, where God speaks to Abraham. He says this, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. 
This is the first of a series of several promises that God makes to Abraham for the next 10 chapters of the Bible, as Abraham continues his life in this new land. Collectively, this series of promises that God makes to Abraham are called the Abrahamic Covenant, a formal biblical term for a solemn pledge and agreement. There are lots of promises that God makes, but we can effectively summarize the promises in three words. Land, seed, and blessing. The Abrahamic Covenant is land, seed, and blessing. So first, land. God will give Abraham a particular piece of real estate, the land called Canaan. Now, in a deeper layer of our study, we will talk about why it's called Canaan, but for now, we just need to know its name, the land of Canaan. Now, this land was and is located in basic proximity to the modern nation of Israel, though substantially beyond it. It's important to know where this land is located because the vast majority of the Bible story is centered like a bullseye on this land, the land of Canaan. This was the land that God showed to Abraham, according to Genesis 12. Next is seed. God will give Abraham many seed, another way of saying offspring or descendants. Now, one thing we haven't discussed thus far is that Abraham's wife Sarah was barren. Not only was she well past the age of becoming pregnant, but she hadn't been able to become pregnant her whole life. This is what makes the seed promise so special. Both God and Abraham knew that Sarah couldn't conceive a child, and yet that's apparently the very thing that God promises. This is a pattern that we'll begin to pick up on through the Bible story. We'll see that what's impossible with man is possible with God. In fact, God begins to fulfill this promise of a seed to Abraham by allowing Sarah to have a child when she is 90 years old. This promise of a seed is a promise that could only be fulfilled by a miracle. Third and finally, God promises blessing. He promises that he will use a particular offspring of Abraham to provide blessing for all the nations of the world. A blessing like that blessing experienced back in the Garden of Eden. But that's not all. In Genesis chapter 22, we see that this seed of Abraham who will bring blessing will also possess the gate of his enemies, a biblical way of saying that he'll defeat his enemies. Something important is embedded in this promise of blessing. It's almost a callback to that very first promise back at the garden. There Eve was promised a seed who would defeat the serpent. And here, Abraham is promised a seed who will bless the world and defeat his enemies. Put together, we begin to see a portrait of a future individual who will utterly change the world. But we don't quite know who that is yet. So the Abrahamic covenant can be summarized by land, seed, and blessing. The land of Canaan, seed and abundance, and blessing to the world through a particular seed of Abraham. But don't miss this. God didn't just make this promise to Abraham, but also to all the descendants that came about as a result of God's promise. That makes these promises ones that endure to the offspring of God's promise. Now here's the last thing we need to say about the Abrahamic covenant. This covenant forms the beginning point for a nation that's built upon these covenant promises of God. Remember God says to Abraham in Genesis 12, 
He says, I will make you a great nation. This nation that comes from Abraham is eventually called the nation of Israel, named after the grandson of Abraham. The land, seed, and blessing promises endure through the nation. Israel, the people of the promise. Okay, we've talked a lot about God's promises, but what about Abraham's response to those promises? When God promised descendants to an old man with no children, did he scoff at God? Well, no. In fact, Abraham's response to God is contained in one of the most important verses in the whole Bible. In the midst of these promises from God, especially promises of offspring, we read this simple verse in Genesis chapter 15, verse 6. Abram believed the Lord, and God credited it to him as righteousness. This is a monumental verse, given its ramifications for Abraham's life and our own. Rather than doing something for God in order to have a repaired relationship with him, instead, Abraham simply believes God. A belief moving him to action, leaving Ur to go to the land of Canaan. A belief where he sees his barren wife, but trusts God's promise of offspring. A belief where Abraham is willing to trust God, despite not understanding how everything will come to pass. Despite appearances, Abram believes God, and God responds to this belief by giving him righteousness. This is a gift that can't be overstated in its importance, because righteousness is what we all need, but we don't have it in ourselves. We're of the same stock as the rest of humanity. As descendants of those first humans, we have an internal corruption that we can't escape from. A bent towards sin and disobedience. A bent away from God. And yet here with Abraham, we begin to see the solution to the problem. We see righteousness given where it wasn't deserved. God simply gives righteousness as a response to Abraham's trust in him. Faith becomes the key to righteousness that we all need a righteousness required to get back to the garden. Now, Abraham has given these great promises of land, seed, and blessing, but he only gets to see the beginning of how these promises work out in history. Abraham has children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren, and eventually Abraham dies, not having realized all of God's promises, but only beginning to see them sprout. It's long after Abraham is dead, that his great-grandchildren leave the land of Canaan to go to a foreign land. Canaan is suffering from a severe famine, and the twelve great-grandsons of Abraham find themselves in the land of Egypt. What's intended as a short trip for food becomes centuries away from the promised land. They have children, and grandchildren and great-grandchildren, and over time this little nation grows. Until one day, the Egyptian pharaoh says, enough. Something has to be done about this Israel problem. Join us next time as we explore the event that comes to define the nation of Israel for much of the Bible story. An event involving plagues, judgment, battle, and miracles. Don't forget to download the Prism Bible app, our mobile app to help you learn the Bible. In addition to this podcast content, 
We have Bible readings, summaries, and quiz questions on the app to help you get the most out of every lesson. Prism Bible is a project of the Bible Literacy Foundation, a nonprofit dedicated to helping you learn the Bible.